Welcome to Secrets for an Awesome Life, a podcast for young adults, teens to 20s, where I discuss secrets few people know about and even fewer people actually do that will make them happy, effective, and successful in life, which is pretty awesome. You know what? It's time for another giveaway. I'll be giving three different people a $50 Amazon gift card on September 15th, 2020. In order to be entered, you must do these three things. Step one, follow me on Instagram at firmly underscore founded. Step two, leave a review on iTunes for this very podcast you are listening to right now. Secrets for an awesome life. And step number three, take a screenshot of your review, post it to your Instagram story and tag me in it at firmly underscore founded. That's it. Three lucky people will be selected randomly to win a $50 gift card to Amazon to spend however you so choose. This is episode 22, Peaceful Panic Attacks. I sat in my office during school one day, doing some work, and I heard a ruckus outside. I work at a middle school, so a ruckus outside the discipline office usually means one of two things. There is a dance-off going on, or there is a fight. And there are way more fights than dance-offs. I look out the window, and I see the campus supervisors bringing a girl to the office. The girl, I'll call her Eileen, was brought through the main office doors toward my room. As she was being escorted toward me, I noticed two things. One, she was having a panic attack. And two, she had a friend with her who was very worried. One of the office staff noticed that the girl was hyperventilating and tried to help by telling her sweetly, everything is okay, don't freak out, just breathe. She was trying to help, but Eileen's panic attack was escalating. As I welcomed Eileen and her friend into my office, her friend said, a bunch of girls just tried to jump her. Eileen sat down in a chair and started to shake. I'm having a panic attack. I looked at Eileen with a huge smile and said, great. Both of the girls gave me confused looks, even the one who was hyperventilating. I pulled up a chair, sat down and said, you're allowed to have a panic attack. A bunch of girls just try to jump you. Let's breathe through it together, shall we? I kept eye contact and instructed her to breathe in slowly through her nose and out through her mouth. I challenged her to try to do it for eight counts, in and eight counts out. She did pretty good, getting to about six counts. As she breathed, I asked her, where do you feel your panic? My hands. Well, what does that look like, I said. Shaking. If it was a color, what color would it be? Um, I don't know. Red? Wonderful. Your panic is red, shaking hands. Let's keep breathing. Eileen was calm now and no longer shaking. Her friend looked at me and said, Are you a doctor or something? I smiled and said, Nope, I'm a mind ninja. So that's a true story that happened a few years back. And there are several useful things we can pull from it, including this episode's secret for an awesome life. Emotion stacking can often make a situation feel worse than it really is. Emotion stacking is when you stack a second emotion on top of one you're already feeling. 
These are often called the primary emotion and the secondary emotion. Some experts say that certain emotions are typically always primary and certain other emotions are typically always secondary. For example, anger is often classified as a secondary emotion because it comes out to join or cover another emotion like fear, embarrassment, or worry, which come first. Anxiety is also typically called a secondary emotion because it comes out to join or cover another emotion like, well, the same ones, fear, embarrassment, or worry. This is how your brain stacks emotions. You think something like, I'm going to get jumped by a bunch of girls, and then you feel the first emotion, fear. Fear leads you to breathe really heavily and your adrenaline increases. Then you stack another emotion on top of it by thinking, oh no, I'm having a panic attack and it's going to hurt me. And you stack another emotion on top of the first, like anxiety, and it multiplies the fear. With those two powers combined, you get panic. Other examples of emotion stacking are feeling embarrassed and stacking shame on it, feeling failure and stacking anger on it, or feeling frustration and stacking frustration on it. That's right. Sometimes we just double down on the same negative emotion, like that's going to help. But we don't know we're doing it. That's the tough part. So the first thing we do is to become aware of it. Well, I just told you it's a thing, so check. But you also need to become aware when your brain starts doing this. At first, you'll recognize it like a day later. Oh man, I totally emotion stacked. Then you'll notice it the night of. Then an hour after. Then, with more practice, right when it's happening. That's the sweet spot. Once you're able to identify that it's happening, you need to do some emotional processing. To do that, you need to know what emotions are. They are just vibrations in your body. That's right. Like someone hitting a tuning fork for anger and touching it to your head, or a tuning fork for anxiety and touching it to your chest. So you get that crushing sensation. The word emotion is derived from the words energy in motion. E-motion. A feeling is just energy moving through your body at different frequencies, if you will. And vibrations can't hurt you. Emotions will never hurt you. They may feel incredibly uncomfortable, and they might make you feel uncomfortable for a really long time, as long as you let it. But that's about it. Emotions can't hurt you like a knife can hurt you. You get cut and you feel the physical pain long after the knife is gone. Emotions aren't like that. You feel frustrated only while the thought that is making you feel frustrated is there in your mind. But when it's gone, there is no lingering pain that needs to heal like a cut from a knife. The thought might come back, but that's not the same thing. That's like the knife coming back to cut you some more. What I'm saying is there are thought knives and there are knife knives. A thought knife will hurt you only while it's inside of you. A knife knife will hurt you long after it's removed. Knowing that is key because most of our discomfort and struggle in life is trying to avoid negative emotions. I don't want to feel like a loser, so I have to overwork myself to win. 
I don't want to feel like a failure, so I have to overwhelm myself to succeed. I don't want to feel lonely, so I have to date this horrible person that treats me like garbage. Rather than trying to run from the negative primary emotion, what would happen if you just let yourself feel it? You didn't take it as a sign that things are going wrong. That was what got Eileen to get control of her panic attack. All the calls from other people to don't freak out and everything's okay is saying, run, Eileen, run from that primary emotion. Don't feel it. Cover it with sunshine and daisies, which then sends a message to Eileen like, hey, your life ain't sunshine and daisies and it's supposed to be. Oh no, something is wrong with you. Something that you can't control. And the fear settles in more and anxiety is added to it. But when I said, you're having a panic attack, that's great. It let her know that nothing has gone wrong. She's allowed to feel fear, and fear can't hurt her. There are two other takeaways from the story. The first is how to breathe. For some reason, when we feel high levels of certain emotions, we forget to breathe right. Whenever you are feeling panic or anger or fear, for that matter, remember to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth and do it slowly. Eight counts in through the nose and eight counts out through the mouth. If you can, if you can't do it for eight counts, you can try a method called box breathing, where you breathe in for four counts, hold it for four counts, breathe out for four counts and hold it for four counts. Four, four, four. Four, 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 no, it's five. Four, 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 four. <laughs> like the four equal sides of a box. Controlling your breathing will help you get control of your mind. The second takeaway is locating and describing your emotion. This really helps make something abstract more concrete or something that's hard to explain a little easier to explain. And that makes it easier to manage. When you're feeling an emotion, find out where it shows up in your body. Where's that energy going? For Eileen, her panic energy went to her hands. Once you locate where that tuning fork of vibration ended up, describe it with five adjectives. Color, shape, texture, energy, and weight. Or cease to. Yep, that was the best acronym I could come up with. Give the feeling a color. Red, blue, green, whatever. Then give it a shape. It can be a simple shape, like a circle or a triangle, or it can be something more complicated, like an orb or a bunch of beads all in a pile or an amorphous blob. That's my personal favorite. Next is texture. Is it rough, smooth, prickly, jagged? Then give it an energy. Is it moving fast, slowly pulsing? Is it electric, shaking? And lastly, give it a weight. Weight is more than just size. Those tiny beads of dread could be as heavy as an elephant. Or that orb of loneliness could be hollow and airy. So, in the end, panic shows up as heavy, red, prickly circles of electricity in your hands. And once you've visualized it, just let it be. Don't freak out about those red, prickly electric circles. Just be there with them. Admire them like superpowers. Oh. Right. And know that they can't hurt you and breathe through it. Nothing is wrong with you because they are there and they'll be gone eventually. You can be at peace with your panic attack. 
You can calmly deal with your anger. You can totally be satisfied with your frustration. Stacking a negative emotion on top of another negative emotion will multiply it. But stacking a positive emotion on a negative emotion will make it neutral. It's emotion math. Better than that new weird math they're teaching in schools now. And it's far more helpful, especially in becoming a mind ninja. Did you know that Hugh Jackman has a life coach? Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, the greatest showman. This is a quote from Hugh. I have been working with a life coach, and this is one of the biggest things we focus on. Really understanding what it is you're here for, what it is you want to do. Having those priorities very clearly set out so that those turning points in your life become clear. That's what Hugh Jackman said. Life coaches are not for the weak and the broken. They're for the strong and the successful. Every young adult should have a life coach from your teens to your 20s to help you navigate the most formative years of your life. I would love to be your life coach. Head over to firmlyfounded.com to sign up for a free 30-minute coaching workshop with me. If you're under 18, send your parents over to sign you up. Just 30 minutes could make the next 30 years of your life more awesome.